Over the past several weeks, we have been looking at our life in light of the five marks of discipleship. If you remember, we began with prayer. Prayer is the foundational fuel that keeps us going. And then we began to look at worship. The purpose, the reason we come to church, the focus is upon God. The next week we looked at spiritual friendship. Spiritual friendship, that nurture and accountability in community. And we looked specifically at David's relationship with Jonathan and with Nathan. And remember that Leonard Sweet gave us a new word, at least for me, called editability. Are we willing to have that editor, editor in our life who will speak the truth and will speak the truth in return? And then Scripture. Scripture as our standard. Not for information, but for transformation. And a challenge was given. How have you done? A challenge to pick up your Scripture before you pick up your phone. So why do we come to church? To worship. And why do we leave church? To serve. Our fifth mark of discipleship is service. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have, not just to come and worship, but Lord, to leave and worship, and to leave and serve in your name. Lord, humble us, humble me, that you may come and once again speak to us your word, your message, and in so speaking, Lord, that our hearts may be warmed and encouraged. Lord, perhaps our hearts may be pricked to the point that we see and recognize and are willing to go forth and offer that service in your name. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Once upon a time, a group of visitors decided to tour an oil refinery. Have you ever toured an oil refinery? This tour guide showed them all the intricacies of the refining process. Catalyst chambers, pipes, heating vats, everything that it took to refine the oil. At the end, though, one of the visitors says, well, what about the shipping department? Where do you keep all this oil and, and how do you send it out to others? Shipping department, the guide said, we don't even have a shipping department. Everything that is produced in this refinery is used up to keep the refinery going. Sounds pretty crazy, huh? The refinery could not make it on its own. I think we have to look at our own lives, our own homes. What do we consume ourselves with, but we have nothing to show for it? How much does what we earn and what we do and what we produce benefit no one else and only revolve around what we need? What about as a church? What do we do as a church for no other purpose but to keep the church going? The purpose of the church? The purpose of our work, the purpose of creation and existence is not to sustain ourselves, but to share what we have been given with others. Sometimes it's money, yes. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's the gift of self. The best word to sum this up is service. 
So I put out an SOS this morning. Service over self. What can we learn from the one who came to serve? I invite you to join me in our scripture today that comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 20 through 28, as we learn together. Matthew, chapter 20, verse 20. Let us share together in the Lord's word which you brought with you, or perhaps the Bible and the pew in front of you. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand, and one at your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left, that is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to, ser not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The word of God for each of us, a child of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So as you look at today's passage, as you hear today's passage, who is it that you see? What do you see in the passage? Who dominates the passage today? Jesus and the disciples. And what are the disciples wanting to do? What, in the request of their mom in this passage, what are they seeking to do? Promotion, that's a good word. And ambition. They're wanting to have a place in a seat of distinction. Their desire for personal reward. I mean, they're the closest friends of Jesus, right? They've walked with them. They're in an intimate relationship with them and isn't it reasonable for them to be close to him all the way through? Last week when we talked about scripture, I remarked about how, how good it is that when we look at one passage to perhaps look at another. When you read one gospel, read another gospel. Today, as we see in, in, the, in, the, excuse me, in Matthew's gospel, it's interesting to compare it to Mark's gospel. Mark has the disciples directly asking Jesus for a favor. But Matthew, Matthew has the mother doing the asking. Perhaps one commentator suggested that Matthew, which is written many years later, is trying to save face for the disciples. Perhaps they've, they've achieved this place of distinction already since Jesus has died. Nevertheless, what Jesus says, though, is that distinction is not about where you sit up there, but it's more about how you, to the disciples and us today, how you, how we live our life down here. Now it's quick to judge the disciples, and the disciples make pretty uh, a good many faux pas, which I think we all would do. 
But let us be careful before we judge them that we can see some positive side of their actions this morning too. If the disciples want to sit on Jesus' right side and his left side, then they must recognize him as a king and he would be the king of the kingdom. He is in this way that his victory is his, that Christ will prevail. That there is faith in the, the disciples' words to show that God's kingdom through Christ will reign. We also see the disciples' loyalty in their response. Jesus has already told them he was going to die. He would suffer, and so would those who follow him. They would be persecuted. And when he asked them if they are willing to go along, what did the disciples say? Yes, we are able. Are you able? Are you an able one who's willing to go along with Jesus in the journey in which he finds himself? Another thing that we see in today's passage is a glimpse into what being a follower of Christ is really like. Why do you serve? Why do you offer yourselves, your times, your gifts, your money to help others? We serve often because we're grateful for what we have where we have been, for those who've gone before us and made a difference in our lives. I've seen this, and I continue to see this at Emmanuel. Last weekend at the youth auction for, for the ton of people who made the auction possible. On a Saturday night with Room in the Inn and the numerous volunteers who show up, during the week at Bell Forest and the, those who are willing to give themselves to tutor, and our food pantry and those who come up multiple times to offer that food, to restock that food, to make the food pantry a reality. I see it in the eyes of teachers who are willing to share on this Sunday morning or on Wednesday nights or Thursday morning or other days of the week. And I've seen it in this past week of many who've come to the office to help. If we are to share in the triumph of God, we're reminded this morning that we also must share in the cup. Verse 22, that Christ talks about that. What is this cup that Jesus refers to? I think we begin to discover it by looking at two of the disciples in today's passage. James and John. James and John, these followers of Christ. Do you know what happened to James? Acts 12, we learn that James, the son of Zebedee, is killed by King Herod. He becomes the first apostle to lose his life for the cause of Christ. And what about John? James's brother John, in Revelations 1-9, we learned that he lives on the island of Patmos and was because he was being persecuted for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. But John lived a long time. The cup mentioned here is not one of necessarily of being a martyr like James. But sometimes the cup is the daily challenge of living the Christian life. Perhaps in some ways it's persecution, perhaps in another it's obstacles, perhaps in some ways it's ridicule, perhaps in another it's disappointments. There's not a single cup in which all Christians drink from. To drink the cup means to follow Christ wherever he leads. To be like him in the situations in which we face. 
So we see the disciples in today's passage, and we see what it means to be a follower of Christ, and we also catch a glimpse of Jesus. As the mother of the sons of Zebedee asked Jesus for the favor, how does Jesus respond? He doesn't respond to them in argumentative accusation. He responds with truth and kindness. Jesus never loses his cool. Think about Jesus. Where is he? He's immediately facing his own death. And he seeks to lead James and John and their mother and the other disciples to the truth. But it's something that they don't see yet. Do you see the truth? Have you seen the truth? Do you know the truth? Jesus never misleads the disciples of what the road ahead will be like. He is honest with them that the road will be hard and the cup will sometimes be bitter to drink. He never doubts James and John's loyalty. He believes in them. They would drink the cup and one day they would be at his side. But what about us? What side, whose side will we end up on. So I ask you that question again. Why do you serve? Does it make you feel good? Does it make you look good? Do you know that Jesus still believes in you today, regardless of how you look or how you feel? Jesus believes in you today regardless of how you look or how you feel. Let us shed our pride. Let us dump our doubt and follow his lead. How does the world perceive, perceive greatness? With power and control and position. But for Jesus, the mark of greatness is of humble service. And discipleship. Jesus reminds us that true greatness is doing for others. He reverses the way of the world when he says in verse 26, Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And in verse 27, Whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Toyo Heiko gave up everything he had and went to live and serve in the slums of Tokyo in a six-by-six six hut, even though he had tuberculosis. He said these things. Therefore, let him or her who would meet God visit the prison cell before going to temple, before he or she goes to church. Let him or her visit the hospital. Before he reads the Bible, let him or her help the beggar. One's actions speaks volumes to their witness. Jesus looks at us not by our titles or degrees, not by our positions or our possessions or our power, but by the lives that have been transformed. Our lives and the lives around We're going to be looking at many of those lives in the weeks to come in our scripture during Lent. 
What makes Jesus' witness so amazing is that what Jesus asked his followers to do, he's willing to do himself. Jesus' life is summed up in one sentence. Verse 28. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm grateful for that gift. How might your life be summed up? What sentence might describe you? Jesus paid the price for our sin, a price that cost him his life. And so doing, Christ restored us back to God. So my encouragement today is let us quit spinning our wheels just for our own good or just for our own church, but give ourselves and walk in the steps of the one who loved and served. Let us share in his cup that others might too experience the kindness of Christ and be restored to new life. That's why our vision has become, is so important. Growth and vitalness happen when transformation takes place. And only Christ can do that. In the meantime, as we give ourselves and as we pursue these marks of discipleship, of prayer and worship and spiritual friendship and scripture. May the gap between our beliefs and behaviors get closer and closer together. We have a choice, a choice to be served or to serve. So my encouragement today is to go in the name. Go in the name of the one who came not to be served but to serve and to do likewise. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us as we seek to understand and to apply these marks of discipleship to our life, to our community, to our church, to our homes, to our schools, to our work. Lord, they're easy in one way to talk about, but they're hard to truly apply Lord we know we can't do it without you we know we shouldn't do it without you we know we're not going to do it without you and so Lord may you be our God and may we be your servants in your name we pray Amen